0: Welcome to Mosaic Podcasts.
1: We hope you enjoy the following recording from Mosaic Church, Leeds, based in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information on Mosaic Church,
0: please visit mosaic-church.org.uk. Thank you for listening.
1: Okay, this is from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 1 to 21. So then, men ought to regard us as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the secret things of God. Now it is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. I care very little if I am judged by you or by any human court. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Wait till the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and will expose the motives of men's hearts. At that time, each will receive his praise from God. Now, brothers, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, Do not go beyond what is written. Then you will not take pride in one man over against another. For who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? Already you have all you want. Already you have become rich. You have become kings, and that without us. How I wish that you really had become kings, so that we might be kings with you. For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like men condemned to die in the arena. We have been made a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as to men. We are fools for Christ, but you are so wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are honored, we are dishonored. To this very hour, we go hungry and thirsty. We are in rags, we are brutally treated, we are homeless. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. Up to this moment, we have become the scum of the earth, the refuse of the world. I am not writing this to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I became your father through the Gospel. Therefore I urge you to imitate me. For this reason I am sending to you Timothy, my son who I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Some of you have become arrogant, as if I were not coming to you, but I will come to you very soon, if the Lord is willing, and then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. What do you prefer? Shall I come to you with a whip or in love and with a gentle spirit?
0: Brilliant. Thank you. Um, So here we go. Quite a lot full chapter, so quite a long reading, but we're going to kind of hone in on the latter part of that chapter for the majority of what we're doing today. But let me give you, uh, I'll tell you who I am, my is Dan Chadwick, I'll be leading the South Gathering come January, and um, from kind of my point of view as I kind of read this and as we've journeyed through the first few weeks um, doing 1 Corinthians, let me just uh, kind of explain that this concludes to some extent his opening arguments, where he's saying, listen, the church in Corinth, you've not got it quite right. Let me, let me just show you how it should be. He's, he's been at pains to bring correction in, into their midst, um, issues of division, issues of quarrelling, of being deceived by other things. And, but he's done this with the heart of a father, And we're going to look at how the Corinthian church are doing being imitators and how Paul and Timothy also kind of imitate Jesus and then what are we to do about it. Um, So let's explore a little bit further uh, the word to imitate. So um, the the word in its sense, it's preceded by a plea. In verse 16, just, just turn to it, he says... I became your father th- uh, sorry, verse 15. Even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. And Paul, in Christ Jesus, so he's referring to his current state. He's not in the world, but he is in Christ Jesus. Secondly, he's a father to them. So father-child relationship. Um, it's a relationship of love, a relationship to the Corinthians where he is he's totally for them. He really wants them to succeed. And it's through the gospel. It's not through his own doing. So therefore, he says in verse 16, imitate me. The word, word imitate is to copy, to be like, to replicate. And as a father, I can tell you, children are unbelievably good at copying. My children, Caitlin and Caleb, they... They copy my actions all the time. Um, Caleb is one next week, and he has learned recently how to become a red Indian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 that is what he does. And if you did it to him in church, he's not here today, he's not well. But if you were to do that to him, he would copy you straight back. Caitlin has learned to throw a tennis ball. Look at this, a technique. Side on hand pointing, she's got it down, she is copying technique, but it is a little bit scary because they, they copy everything, not just the good things, the bad things, and my mum, she tried really hard to repress my bad habits, and for the most part, she got it down okay, but Caitlin's picked up one of my bad habits that I'm not that proud of, <laughs> drinking from a cereal bowl. Now, um, But to be imitators, it's a really good thing. I wonder what you think. What does society say about imitation? Because they can say, be yourself, don't they? Be true to yourself. And as Christians, that's good. We want to be true to ourselves. Because who we are as Christians, the word means little Christ, mini Christ. And that's who we aim to be. So being true to ourselves, being true to being a mini Christ, then that's exactly right. But the Corinthian church, well, they they were role modelling behaviour that wasn't that positive. And and Paul actually, through the reading of this chapter, he's he's kind of being fairly ironic. He's using language that he's being a little bit sarcastic with them. In oh, if we just look at um, the way he says it, that. We are fools for Christ. He's talking about we being Apollos and Timothy. Um, but you are so wise in Christ. That we are weak, but you are so strong. And he goes on with this sarcastic tone with them. They were a bit, of a, kind of, a bit of a sham of what an imitation of Jesus is really like. A bit like counterfeit brands. I had a little search of the internet this week of some counterfeit brands. And I found that rather than having Adidas, you could get... Adi Bass. I found rather than buying Sony earphones, you could get Sonya earphones or Sonya earphones. I, thought, I found you could get um, Corks, not Crocs. I could buy a BMW. Kind of in, rather than a BMW, I could buy a BYD. And that, it looks just the same, kind of. If I wanted a Burger King, I could get an imitation King Burger. And last of all, I could get a Nya pair of tracksuit bottoms. <laughs> dia I would say. But, but Nike have a catchphrase, don't they? Just do it. And it's more appropriate here, just fake it. And as the Corinthian church were meant to be, these mini-Christ, these little Christians, but they weren't getting it right. Imitation is about copying, about replicating. And it's imitating the correct person. So when I was a child, I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to cut the lawn just like he cut the lawn. I wanted to drive the car just like he drove the car. I wanted to kind of sit with him and watch the television programs he was watching. I loved him, and I wanted to be like him. And if all I did, though, my dad is called Chris. If all I did was follow Chris, I'd be a mini Chris. A little Chris, a Christian, not a Christian. So I want to hopefully, as we go through that, do you see what I did? Um, it, it, my dad is really called Chris. I wasn't making that up. As I go through these scriptures, I want to help reveal to you Jesus in them so that we can be like him. So let's have a look. How are the Corinthian church doing? If you turn to verse 19, uh, 18 and 19. Paul says, some of you have become arrogant as if I were not coming to you, but I will come to you very soon if the Lord is willing. And then I will find out not only how these arrogant people are talking, but what power they have. The Corinthian church were, were full of talk, Paul says, that, that they, are, they are talking the talk, but not walking the walk and he's going to come and see them and say hey let's see this talk then let's see what power it has that is there any power in it is there any substance to what you're talking about and and so if you imagine kind of a a, I'm going to allude to baking I'm not an excellent baker but I know a little bit about baking that so puff pastry that this, you know, it's a, you put the pastry in the oven and it puffs up into a kind of a crispy top. But imagine if you came to my house for dinner today, for lunch, and I served you, I said, oh, we're having puff pastry pie today. And that's all you got. You'd be like, what? This isn't a dinner. Like, this is just puff. <laughs> Now, for the Corinthians, Paul's saying, let me just check. Let me just, I mean, he's exhorting them to not just talk the talk to be poof, but to walk the walk as well to have substance that that looks a bit better if you came to my house have some kind of substance to your meal how might we be similar how do we talk a good game but f- have nothing to show for it how do we t- kind of encourage people to live a certain way but in our own life fail to live up to it. Do we keep telling people to live this way, do this, do this, do this, but actually for us, we never follow that route. It's all talk and no walk. And if you took, to look through to kind of the end of the second Corinthian letter we have, we think Paul has written four letters to the Corinthian church and, and we, we kind of just have two of them within the Bible and the second letter um, Right near the end, he just explains. He, he explains like a father would just what, what he's doing, why he's kind of being how he is. And 2 Corinthians, you don't need to turn to it, I'm just going to read it. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 10, he says, this is why I write these things when I am absent. He's in, he's in Ephesus um, when, whilst he's writing this. That I may come, that when I come, I may not be uh, harsh in my use of authority. The authority the Lord gave me for building you up not tearing you down. So this is his heart, heart of a father. I want you to hear that as I'm speaking that it it may come across quite harsh, but he does it because he loves them. And he was the first to go to them. He was the first to, kind of, for them to see what what is it to be a Christian kind of in the first century. And um, they'd never met a Christian before. They'd never known what it was to, to lead with such compassion. To, to kind of have toughness and tenderness and it struck a chord with them so much so that they said yes we want to follow this Jesus that you are imitating as a child I had a friend in the year above he's called Rob and I, I to some extent idolised him I wanted to be like him he, um, he listened to really cool bands like Green Day and The Offspring and fun-loving criminals. Anyone remember those? And, and so he went to those gigs, so I went too. And he, not only did he go, he went in the right gear. He had the get-up of a, a rock dude. And so he wore baggy jeans, so I bought baggy jeans. He had band t-shirts. And I never had a band t-shirt. So I remember one Saturday afternoon, I lived in a place called Warrington, which is about a 30-minute train journey from Manchester. And in Manchester, there is this place called Affleck's Palace. And it is basically like the rock dude like haven where they all hang out. And I knew in Affleck's Palace, they had band t-shirts. like Of every band I could ever. Ever want to have a t shirt off? So I made the journey I trekked across Ma- to Manchester, Affleck's Palace, got lost on the way because it's not that easy to find. And I went in there and it, it has anyone been? But you have been to Affleck's Palace yet? Yeah? It is a peculiar place. I can't quite describe how peculiar, but they had what I wanted in this place and I was willing to go into the peculiar to get my Green Day t shirt. And man, I felt good because I now had the get up to go with. To the band, the, the gig in. He also loved rollerblading, so I got rollerblades. He, he, he loved uh, pickled onion Space Raiders, so I ate pickled onion Space Raiders. I must have been so annoying as a kid in the year below. But I was. this is what it was to imitate in everything. I didn't, uh, I didn't move into his house, I didn't go that far, but he, I wanted to imitate my friend Rob, and we must understand, for Paul... He's saying, imitate me. And here, it's, it's verse, 16, um, verse 16. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. If that, that's what he's saying. He, why is he saying that? He's saying, imitate me because I am, the, I am the kind of replication of King Jesus. I'm the replication of who it is I really want you to follow. He kind of carries on writing this letter, kind of through the chapters. And uh, 1, 1 Corinthians 11 the first verse, he says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And so like me, wanting to be like Rob, it, it, it would be great if, if kind of we just all try and be like Paul. But in reality, who is it Paul's following himself? He's following Jesus. And so we, I'm hopefully, again, showing you Jesus, not just showing you, I guess, my example or your example or my friend Rob, his example. And just to illustrate this, I'd like Neil just to come up. I'm just going to get a prop. I'm coming back. I'm going to ask Neil to stand on the stage. I have a mirror, and we are to be like the mirror. And it may not work for everyone, probably not the guys in the red seats. But as, as I turn the mirror from here, I'm hoping that you... Can anyone see Neil? Yeah, people can see Neil. You may not all be able to but the, as, you, as I turn it, there he is, there he is. And we are like the mirror. We are, the kind of, are able to mirror, Neil is Jesus. And that's who we are as people. We are to, as we kind of live our lives, people see us and they see Jesus. Thank you, Neil. Give him a round of applause. And so there are three things Paul says in here of how he, kind of the way he lives, the way he works his life out. And let me, let's just read them together. Verse 12 and 13. He says, when we curse, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure. And when we are slandered, we answer kindly. And so Paul, as I said earlier, he's writing from Ephesus, where he had, had an adventure and a half proclaiming the gospel. And it's been a real roller coaster. There's been, he's been the focus of a riot. He's seen people healed. He's, he's seen people come to faith and they're to throat, kind of they've been burning like all that old stuff. Like it is it's going, it's going pretty crazy where he is. He's saying, I just want to stay a little bit longer because I see God at work here. And he's helping the church here in Corinth now see that in the midst of all this, he's saying, follow the example of Christ. In everything you do, be like Jesus. So when we are cursed, we bless. What would the world say to us about being cursed if, kind of, when we are cursed? It would say, curse back. If someone scratches your car in a car park, key it yourself. If someone flirts with your girlfriend, flirt with their girlfriend. Like, it's, do it back to them. What would the world say when we're persecuted? It'd probably say, give up. It's too, if it's too hard, move on. Pursue another dream. What would the world say when we're slandered? Say, slang them back. Like, show them who's boss. Make sure their name gets muddied if they're trying to muddy yours. But what does Paul say? He says, bless. He says, endure. He says, answer kindly. And in each of these things, I see Jesus. How is Paul following the example of Jesus? When we are cursed, we bless. Jesus, at the end of his life, is crucified and dies on a cross. He takes the sin of the world on himself. He is cursed with that sin, so that we might have freedom that we sang about this morning. So what happens when he's cursed? He blesses, he gives himself up for us. Instead, Paul endures when he's persecuted. How's this following the example of Jesus? Well, in the Garden of Gethsemane, kind of a few um, Hours before his death, He's, he's in there, he's praying, and he's with his friends, and he says, Stay awake with me and pray with me. And he is he knows what's coming, and he is scared. But he says, For not my will, God, but yours. So as the persecution has come, as as he has got to go to the cross, he's done nothing wrong. It's not right that he's going to the cross but he makes it right, and he goes to the cross. He endures when persecuted. And Paul answers kindly when slandered. How's he following the example of Jesus? Well, on the cross, he's Jesus is lifted up, and the people who are crucifying him, they then kind of, scatter, kind of take his clothes and, and kind of cast lots for them, so they're like gambling for his, little, for his pieces of clothing. And Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So he answers kindly as he's being slandered. In all these three things, he's done this for us. When I curse him, when I live in opposition to him, he gives himself up and dies for me. When we persecute him with our lifestyles, when he endures for us and with us and when we slander him with our words he answers kindly to us not just the people in this building but it's for the whole world and it is amazing and my life is totally transformed because of Jesus I no longer have to try and run to kind of be like Rob Yeah, and the effect of the acceptance I was receiving on him thinking, kind of me looking like him or wearing the same clothes. Jesus accepts me for who I am, and I want to kind of figure out for us how we ourselves, Mosaic Church, can put this into practice. And three things three ways we can apply this. Three things we can do with this to help us. First of all, just jumping back to the the last verse of chapter three, Paul says, and you are of Christ and Christ is of God. We must totally understand our identity, Mosaic Church. Each of us as individual, we must totally understand that we are loved. That if we feel any kind of guilt and shame today for, oh, I just can't live that way. I can't, I can't be like Jesus. To know that we are forgiven as followers of Jesus. That we are His. That song, We Are Yours, we proclaimed it nice and loud as Craig led us, that that, that is true, that we are His. If we say we are Christians, if we have kind of confessed and repented of our sin and turned to Jesus, that God will... God is ours. He is, he is ours, so we are His. If you kind of live and you just want to be noticed, and you, you're trying to please God, you're trying to work hard to please God, you've got to be affirmed and know that you are His child, and He dearly loves you. Second thing, that we are to live in grace. And remember, it's not something we've, we've earned. It's a gift. Christmas is coming up right and there may be some people who are saying oh I'd like this for Christmas I'd like this there there's requests coming your way Um, and often it makes it easier doesn't it in a family situation that you know you've got to get the right thing Um, and my children so Caitlin especially is a three-year-old she's figured out how Christmas works and especially she's figured out her grandma uh, both grandmas that she lets them know she likes something and they then bring it to the next time that the gifts are coming and you know, it, we don't, we're not like that. The, the relation with God and us, it's not like that. God gives it freely. And really, we just have to receive it. He knows what we need because he's our father in heaven. And uh, the third point, and this is probably the one that as I've been preparing this week and praying about, this is the one that for me, I've been having to kind of get my head around and live in this. This is my need as I preach to myself. Be equipped by the power of the spirit rather than talk." Verse 20, "For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. The, the word for power is. Dynamis. It's where we get the word dynamo. And when I was um, probably 14, I had a drop handled racing bike that had a dynamo on the front wheel that powered the front light. Dynamos really don't exist much these days, kind of in that small form, because we've got batteries. The battery is much greater than that. But this dynamo, oh, it was amazing. Just flick it onto the front wheel, and around the wheel goes, and out comes the light. And it's that power, that power at work. And the same for us, that the Spirit of God, his power at work within us. We aren't left to be like Jesus, to in everything we do imitate Jesus alone. We have the Spirit. Jesus has left his Spirit, sent his Spirit and let me just say as well that community, Mosaic community, we talk about building strong community here and, w- and we want to aspire to that, we want to achieve that, but it's not the community that is the power. It's the Spirit of God that is the power in us. I just wonder, how, how are you doing with this? How, for me, uh, I need to be equipped by the Spirit's power every day. I, I need to receive it from him every day. And do you know the Spirit's power in you? The Spirit's power in you that means you can kind of endure when you're persecuted. It means that when you are slandered, you can answer kindly. It means that when you're cursed by people, that you can bless. Just turn with me to 2 Peter 1. It's a letter that, like this is a letter to the Corinthians. It's a letter that Peter writes. And 2 Peter 1, verse 3. He's, peter says his divine power so his and lord jesus it's a power given everything that everything so i'll start again his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness godliness god likeness imitating through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness that is amazing Yeah, Peter's saying the same thing. He's saying it's the divine power from God. Not that we can muster up within ourselves. Not that we receive from community. That we receive directly from God. So Mosaic, how are we doing with this? For me, I've been realising, man, I need the Spirit's power in me. To help me overcome selfishness. To to help me with with patience with my children to help me do my job working for church. I need the Spirit's power every day. And it may or well be for you, it, it, as I've talked, one of these three things. that Do you know your true identity? Who you are, a child of God, dearly loved by him. How are you doing with the gift God has given you? Or is it something you keep striving for? Where is your power source? So that you can be someone who imitates Jesus every day. And in everything you do, imitate Jesus. So let me finish. Let me, let me give you a call. I want to say, rise up, Mosaic Church, to live and love like Jesus did. To, in everything you do, imitate Him. Imitate Him in your workplace, to your neighbors in your family life. Imitate him amongst your football teams or your, your dance groups. Imitate him with your course mates and your friends. Role model Jesus in your mum's groups and with each other. God loves this city we live in and each person in every single house. Do we believe that? That he loves every single one of us, one of us and one, every single person who lives here. And our, our role is to to like the mirror, to role model Jesus, to imitate Jesus. The people, as they see us, they see the divine power at work in us, that we might look like Jesus. And as a, we are kind of a provocative witness to a watching world. And the Corinthian church, in reality, weren't doing an amazing job, but Paul calls them to correction. He wants them to confess, repent, and recognise Jesus, As who he is and the power of the Spirit to live grace-filled lives. And I've been praying that today that God would reveal more of who Jesus is, more of the and give us more of his spirit to live this life. Would you stand together with me? Can I invite the band back? And I'm gonna pray for us. (coughs) Lord Heavenly Father. We look to you and we thank you. You're a God who loves us. We thank you that you sent Jesus and his obedience we praise you for, Lord Jesus, that you would go to the cross. And Spirit of God, I thank you. You are here in our midst. You are, you are accessible to help us and transform us, bring power into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.